<laughs> All right. Talking into the mic. Yes. Not looking at the phone. Not pointing our mouth at the phone. I am going to be looking at the phone. But okay, I will, then if you must, I will, I will do hold it. it here. Well, but then I... Well, don't hit it. You're right. Like, I don't <laughs> care that you talk with your hands. Just don't knock the mic when you do it. You hit uh, it with this hand more than anything. You're doing like a full rocket number you... and you're knocking the mic. We need to move to the other end of the basement. <laughs> Our list of needs to do is as long as a CVS receipt. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we just keep streaming, just keep streaming, just keep streaming, streaming, streaming. <laughs> what do we do? We stream, stream. I'm Carrie. Ho, 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 ho. Your brains are fried <laughs> and desensitized from streaming. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you want to tell the audience who you are? I'm Ross. <laughs> And this week we are covering the 2003 Pixar film, Finding Nemo. Yay! But like, also, aww. Oh, I know! <laughs> Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing those three R's in Pixar month. Rate, review, and retweet. Rate, review, and retweet. Folks, we want everyone to come and join our Pixar watch party. You got a story about how you were traumatized by Pixar? We want to hear about it. Let us know. Can I read you something real quick? It's 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 fan related. It's fan related, and I thought it was so sweet. We have a good friend, Lucas. Lucas, if you're listening, we love you so much. And he texted me. Do you want to hear what he texted me? Yes, please. Sorry, I didn't get your permission, Luke, but this is cute as fuck. <laughs> He said, kicking and streaming has been a light for me during the past couple of months, and I'm so grateful that you and Carrie and Gav put in the time and effort to make it. Hook episode made me cry tears of joy, and your reaction to Slither made me cry laughing. Love, oh. you, love you guys. Oh, Luke, we love you. <laughs> Leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, guys, we love to hear from you about how you're enjoying the show. Yes, guys, we want to hear from you at Kick and Stream. Please email us. You know, we say it every time. We want to hear more from you. All right, let's get swimming. Nemo! Nemo! There are 3.7 trillion fish in the ocean. They're looking for one. His son, Bingo, Nemo, Nemo was taken to uh, Sydney. It's in that direction. Walt Disney Pictures presents a Pixar Animation Studios film. Sweet. Totally. I gotta find my son Nemo. Go easy on him. He's lost his son, Fabio. Fish are friends, not food. Grab up shell, dude. Your ex is coming up, man. You mean the swirling vortex of terror? That's it, dude. Go, go. Finding Nemo. First you were all like, whoa! And then we were all like, whoa! And then you were like, whoa. What are you talking about? You got serious thrill issues, dude. All right, folks, as you would imagine, because this is another Pixar film, we have a lot of repeat offenders this week. <laughs> this film was directed by Andrew Stanton. Uh -huh. He's been with us throughout the month. 
uh, screenplay by Stanton, David Reynolds, and Bob Peterson. Remember? Roz? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wazowski, you didn't file your paperwork last night. I I don't do it so well, but... (laughs) Sad note, uh, no Randy Newman this week. I know, Randy. Where'd you go? I miss you so. Hey, Randy Newman. Where you going, buddy? Miss you so much. Please come back. We do have a Newman this week doing the music, but it is Thomas Newman. You know I love me a Thomas Newman score! Uh Uh-huh. Hey, the Iron Lady. I know! He's been with us here before. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you remember going to the theater to see it? Because I do. Really? I do. I remember the ads for it on television. Well, I remember the ads. I remember the McDonald's toys. Um, and, and, and Ellen was getting big. Oh, yeah. And Ellen was in it. And as a, when I, at least me at that age, didn't really know who Ellen was, but like knew she was a television personality. She's the lady with the show. Yeah. She's the funny <laughs> lady with the show yeah. when I'm seven years old, you know? <laughs> and I remember just thinking how cool the animation of the water looked in the ads. Oh, my God. And then going to see it was... Just absolute heaven, because you're when you're that little and the screen's that big, everything just looks amazing. And we're underwater. I know. This, Pixar is taking, has took a step out of the bedroom, into the closet, and now we're going into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Under the sea is where I would be. <laughs> like, honestly, just to look at the scenes and the, and the scapes from this film it's like god i want to be there like they they, i love that they just keep getting better at least stylistically i know folks you might have guessed it but we have names playing marlin the clownfish today we have albert brooks in his first kicking and streaming appearance absolutely yeah he was also in taxi driver the secret life of pets oh lost in america Mm. and a personal favorite of ours he was russ cargill in the simpsons movie that's the only other thing i know him from quite honestly (laughs) and he's in terms of endearment for like 15 seconds have you ever seen terms of endearment no but i know that you you like that film you care for that film like the first the first 15 seconds of that film is Shirley MacLaine obsessively checking on the baby and you can hear her husband's voice in the hallway like honey the baby's sleeping the baby's fine and it's Marlon yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's funny playing Dory the blue tang today we have Ellen DeGeneres most positively in her first kicking and streaming appearance everybody knows Ellen from the Ellen DeGeneres show her sitcom in which she famously came out to Laura Dern. Like, every, <laughs> yes. every, every queer remembers that. Laura Dern is on my list of lesbians who just won't admit it. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And she's hosted several award shows and is apparently a huge asshole. Re- yeah, that too. I was, like, I was so upset. I, I mean, know. I remember when she first took the picture with George Bush. At and, the ball game, and, and everybody, people were and I thought people were overreacting. I was like, "Come on!" And then, like, you told me that thing about what's his name, Brad Garrett. Yeah, Brad Garrett from, from Everybody Loves Raymond, going like, "This is the most well-known secret in Hollywood." Is that Ellen is a jerk? Yeah, and I mean, like, it, we kind of should have seen it more more quickly with the whole scaring everybody uh, yeah. on her show. Never been cool with that. I love the animated video of that happening to Betty White, and she just dies. Oh no. After, on set and Ellen's just laughing (laughs) 
Oh, man. I mean, I love her performance in this. Yeah, she I know. Really, she really tickles me in this, you know? I hate it when problematic people are such huge parts of our childhood. You hate it when queer people turn out to be problematic. I do! <laughs> God damn it. Alan, do better. Playing Nemo the Clownfish today, we have Alexander Gould. He was in How to Eat Fried Worms. Uh, How to Eat Fried Worms! Yep, Oh, yep. I remember that crap. And then I'm sure none of you have seen Bambi 2, but he's in that as well. He was Shane on Weeds. That's probably his longest uh, television role, I think. Uh-huh. And he has, he's got a litany of guest spots on television from Freaks and Geeks, Malcolm in the Middle, Allie McBeal. He's also in a favorite Law and Order SVU episode of mine. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's a good kid. He does good work. Playing Gil the Moorish Idolfish, we have... Ooh, the Moorish Idolfish. Yeah, I know. I've loved learning the exact types of fish that some of these creatures are. Guys, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Willem Dafoe is here. I place Willem Dafoe in the same category as, like, Steve Buscemi and Christopher Walken. They just make you uncomfy. They just are weird-looking guys who make me uncomfy. I'm not saying I'm not weird-looking. It's just, (laughs) they're really (laughs) weird-looking. Guys, you know Willem Dafoe from Platoon, The Last Temptation of Christ. He was famously the Green Goblin in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. See, that's that's what I know. Uh-huh. Like, I, the, I don't know anything about Willem Dafoe's film <laughs> career. All I know about him, he's highly ridiculed in popular culture, and he was the Green Goblin. Those are the two <laughs> things I know about Willem Dafoe. Playing Nigel the Pelican today in his second kicking and streaming appearance... We have Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey, last time you were with us, we didn't know how we felt about you, dude. Like, (laughs) we heard you're kind of a creep. Yeah. But like, you know, you give a stellar performance. (laughs) I loved you in the King's Speech. I loved you in Elizabeth and Elizabeth the Golden Age. And don't forget Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, he is Hector Barbosa. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my God. So tell me. What's become of my ship? (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to cover that movie. (laughs) Playing Bloat the Porcupine Fish. We have Brad Garrett. Remember Brad Garrett? Who I just mentioned. Yeah, you just mentioned. (laughs) Who said Ellen is an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, he's like... (laughs) I was like, guys. Was this where he found out? I don't know. <laughs> but he's famous for being on Everybody Loves Raymond. Is this about me? <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Robert. Robert, yeah. Yeah, Robert. Robert. <laughs> and he was also with us in Casper. Yeah! He was. He voiced um, one of the ghost uncles. Fatso. Fatso. God love. And then, I know Ross is going to love this. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming in her fourth Appearance. You need to stop gyrating over there. <laughs> Miss Allison Jenny! Hi, babe! She's playing Peach the Starfish today. I, I love Peach. Oh, no. Peach yo, is my favorite character. One of my favorite <laughs> Allison Janney roles is Peach the Starfish. But, guys, she's been with us before. She was Brenda and Juno. She was Charlotte Phelan in The Help. And she was also with us as White House Press Secretary Claudia Jean Craig when mm-hmm. we covered The West Wing. Her most iconic character. Absolutely. But, you know, she also won that Oscar. Mm-hmm. For Itania yes. playing her oh, awful mother or oh, whatever. That was such a great movie. <laughs> Here's what you're all. I love on TCO when they're talking about that. This is what you came for. The <laughs> fucking incident. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Itania. Playing Bubbles the Yellow Tang, we have Stephen Root. Who's Stephen Root? Stephen Root is I pro- probably most famously from Office Space. Oh, he, okay. He's the stapler guy. Did of you, course he is. Did you take my stapler? He's one of my favorite characters on King of the Hill. Oh, really? Bill Fontaine de la Tour d'Otrive. 
<laughs> Say it one more time. Bill Fontaine de la Tour d'Autre. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Love Stephen Root. He was with us in Dodgeball, which I know you might not remember because I wasn't here. You weren't here for Dodgeball. Damn. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then moving on, uh, we have another repeat offender Gurgle the Royal Gamma Fish, Austin Pendleton. Austin Pendleton. Oh my God. This is the guy. The Mortimer Snurd looking motherfucker <laughs> from Christmas with the Cranks and My Cousin Vinny. My Cousin Vinny, yeah. I completely forgot about Our Christmas very with the first Cranks. kicking and streaming coverage. <laughs> My Cousin Vinny, Austin. Welcome. It's nice to see you. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> he makes me unsettled. Playing Deb slash Flo, the damselfish, we have Vicki Lewis. And she just has a cornucopia of voice acting credits. But the one that jumped out at me was Miss Carol on the Rugrats. You remember that episode? Is she a teacher? She's a television personality. Uh, yes, 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 yes. That was the episode where Angelica learned a swear word. And that's where Charlotte screams. <laughs> in the, that meme of Charlotte Pickles screaming in the audience. Okay, Angelica. If you love Miss Carol at all, you will tell us right now, what does Miss Carol think of her kids? <sighs> she All right, some honorable mentions this week. Of course, Pixar whore, John Rassenberger. <laughs> hey, John. He's back with us voicing the school of more fish that they run into. The guy that, the, the fish, the school fish that does all the impressions. We also have Eric Persullivan again. Yes. He was with us in Christmas with the Cranks. He's Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. That's, yeah. It, we also have, listen, I, I wanted to mention this one. Okay, go ahead. We have Sir Barry Humphreys. He is voicing Bruce. One of the, 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 the biggest white shark, the great white shark. Uh-huh. He's Dame Edna Everidge, guys. Wait, what? Do you know who Dame Edna is? I know who Dame Edna is. When I opened his wiki page. That's him out of drag. I... That, that's, yeah. Barry Humphreys is Dame Edna. Oh my God. I know. Because I was like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. I don't recognize this picture. And I went to the next thing. Dame Edna is a queer character that is performed by Sir Barry Humphreys. He's done it since the early 1950s. <laughs> He's done Dame Edna, and he started out just doing it in Melbourne, in Australia, because that's where he's from. And it, he has, it, he, I love the royal variety performance that the royal family does every year for all the hot performances and shit. Like Prince Charles and Camilla are sitting in the box, and Dame Edna comes in and sits down next to Charles, <laughs> and everyone's laughing. And a guard comes up behind her and nudges her and hands her this piece of paper, and she leans over to Charles and goes. I'm so sorry. They found me a better seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my the Prince God. of Wales. <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay. <laughs> Playing uh, Crush today, we actually have Andrew Stanton, the director. Yeah. <laughs> Righteous dude. <laughs> oh, I love Crush. And then uh, playing Coral, we have Elizabeth Perkins. She's Wilma in the live-action Flintstones. Really? With, okay. With John Goodman. Mm-hmm. And Rosie and Rick Moranis. Have you seen the short that accompanies this movie? Shit. <laughs> I did not watch it. And I can't even tell you what it is. I do not remember. Okay, well, allow me to refresh your memory. It's called Knick-Knack. Uh, I've misspelled it in my notes. <laughs> but it's called Knick-Knack. And it's the story of a little snowman in a snow globe 
who just wants to vibe with the other knickknacks on the shelf. Like, there's, like, a palm tree one from, like, Miami. And then, like, there's a pretty sunbather one. I really don't remember this. I know, I know. This one's great because he spends the whole short trying to get out of the snow globe. And it's really funny. He, like, blows up dynamite inside (laughs) And still can't get out. And still can't get out. And it, like, knocks him off of the shelf. Does he bust? No, because he manages to crawl out of the bottom of it while he's in midair. But then he falls into a fishbowl. Oh my god! <laughs> and at first he's like, well, this sucks. But then he looks over and there's a knickknack with a pretty mermaid on it. Aww. And he thinks he's gonna get some. But, uh, what? what? <laughs> but then the snow globe falls into the fishbowl on top of him. And he's back inside the snow globe. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Not the knickknacks trying to get busy. <laughs> All right. You ready to dive in? <laughs> you can fire me. No, you say that every week. <laughs> this week it just happens to be a pun. <laughs> we get this serene opening to this movie. This movie's so beautiful, Ross. This is the magic of Thomas Newman. Oh. And the Pixar animators. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, Marlon. I, no, I see it. It's Beautiful. So, Coral, when you said you wanted an ocean view, you didn't think you were going to get the whole ocean, did you? Huh? We meet two little clownfish named Marlin and Coral, who have just made a new home in some anemone in the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Queensland, Australia. They got new real estate. Mm-hmm. They're about to have a family. Yeah. They're about to be responsible for 400 kids. <laughs> yes, they're expecting their first clutch of <laughs> eggs to hatch soon. They just, yeah, they just, ooh, cl- look at you using your marine vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, it's called a clutch. I love it. And like, how do you even begin with naming 400 children? We still have to name them. You want to name all of them right now? All right, we'll name uh, this half Marlon Jr. And then this half Coral Jr. Okay, we're done. I like Nemo. Nemo? Well, we'll name one Nemo, but I'd like most of them to be Marlon Jr. And I don't mean to be a dick, but they really will be only naming one Nemo. <laughs> so I guess we gotta talk about it, right? We gotta get this shit out of the way, because it's sad. I just hate it, because they're happy. They just they have a new home, they're about to have a new clutch of babies, and everything's looking up, they live in a great neighborhood. Like, Coral's <laughs> so happy, Coral's so happy, she's like, just think of it, in a couple of days, we're gonna be parents! Yeah. Like, she's... Oh, they're trying to hurt us so bad. And then, you know, uh, they're wrestling, as couples tend to do sometimes. <laughs> and she gets thrown out of the anemone. Anemone? <laughs> That's going to be a problem this whole recording. She tosses out of the anonome. <laughs> and he follows her out. And this is so chilling. Ooh. The energy just turns entirely over because out in the middle of the vast oasis that they live on the edge of, is a menacing looking barracuda. Mm-hmm. An actual barracuda. Yeah. Not not like a feel-good song barracuda. <laughs> Ooh, like, barracuda! <laughs> sorry, Stop, we, can't sorry. Laugh. we can't. We can't it's laugh. It's awful. <laughs> but this is why clownfish and fish of the like live on the reef, live in the anemone, so that things like barracudas won't get them. And the barracuda has seen them both. And Coral does what mommies do. She goes for the eggs. She goes for the eggs. Coral, get inside the house, Coral. No, no, Coral, don't. They'll be fine. Just get inside you right now. 
knocks Marlin out, cold, black. And when he comes to, Coral's nowhere to be found. And neither are any of their eggs. The Barracuda ate all of the eggs. Yeah. His whole life, in a matter of moments, has just been extinguished. His whole world is over. Like, everything he knew. Oh, God. And I remember sitting in the theater as a kid going, wow, this This was not how this was supposed to start. (laughs) (laughs) This was supposed to be about an adventure under the sea. This is (laughs) P.U. Profoundly upsetting. Profoundly upsetting. But Marlin manages to find one lone egg. There is one egg left. And this breaks my heart. He picks that egg up in his little fin. There, there, there. It's okay. Daddy's here. Daddy's got you. I promise I will never let anything happen to you. Nemo. forward to a few years later. Nemo is now a young fish, ready for his first day of school. First day of school! First day of school! Oh yeah, he is like Spongebob. I'm ready. I'm ready. It is apparent immediately that in the ensuing years, Marlin has become the definition of a helicopter parent. Yes. Like, Nemo does have some slight limitations. Remember the crack we saw in the edge of that egg because it had been jostled around? He's got one fin that's smaller than the other. Mm -hmm. And Marlin calls it his lucky fin. His lucky fin. And it's so sweet. But Marlin worries about him a lot. Yeah, like him keeping up, you know, other fish around him. Like always being on the lookout for danger. What, What is that big mouth line you're always referencing? Remember, Andrew, be be afraid of things. (laughs) Yeah, that's Marlin. And like the whole business when they're trying to leave for school. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, wait to cross. Hold my fin, hold my fin. Dad, you're not going to freak out like you did at the petting zoo, are you? Hey, that snail was about to charge. He's ridiculous. And so we get to where school is, right? We're, yeah. Where we're pick where we're dropping off kids for school. And you know, Nemo, I love the sequence of them going to where he's dropping them off because you know, Nemo hasn't seen a lot of the sea yet. Mm-hmm. Or at least a lot of the reef and all the all the beautiful animation and how they're able to incorporate water into the out into the layout of everything. And the foley for the water. I know. I mean I can't imagine you were telling me about how long they had to animate fur and mm. monsters ankle. How long do they have to animate that? Like the oh my god. I'm sure it might be easier because it's all one fluid mostly one fluid motion. You know what I mean? But like but at the like, same think time think about the light. Like I don't know how they do that either. Light like is all, one of the trickiest things to do in CGI. All of the shadowing that is possible through this animation is just amazing. And they finally get to where they're supposed to go to drop Nemo off for school. And this is where Marlin gets acquainted with the other dads. <laughs> when they're literally like, look who's out. <laughs> yeah, Marlin is like the neighborhood recluse. Hey, you're a cloudfish. You're funny, right? Hey, tell us a joke. Well, actually, that's a common misconception. Clownfish are no funnier than any other fish. Ah, uh, come on, Cloudy. Yeah, do something funny. Yeah. Oh, all right, I, I know one joke. <laughs> um, there's a mollusk, see, and, and he walks up to a seat. Well, he doesn't walk up, he swims up. Well, actually, the mollusk isn't moving. 
Like, it's just funny because that's a repeating gag. Marlon's a clownfish, but he's not funny in any way. He's trying to tell them a joke. Like, he's taking entirely too long to tell this joke. Yeah. And it's just like, get to it. We also meet Nemo's teacher, Mr. Ray. Oh, let's name the zones, the zones, the zones. Let's name the zones of the open sea. Mr. Ray! Mom, Nemo! Oh, you better stay with me. Epilogic, mesopelagic, bathyolabithypelagic. All the rest are too deep for you and me to see. I, I had, I wanted to, for just for me, to pause and read the subtitles, because he does it so fast and he does it so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I can't do it either. Marlon's predictably having trouble with this. I think any parent would. All parents have trouble that first day of school because your baby is leaving you for the first time. And Marlon manages to handle it until he hears from the other dads that Mr. Ray is taking the kids out to the drop-off, which is basically their way of describing where the reef stops and open water begins. The drop-off! Hey, you're doing pretty well for a first-timer. Well, you can't hold on to them forever, can you? Yeah, I had a tough time when my oldest went out of the drop-off. They just gotta grow up some- The drop-off?! They're going to the drop-off?! What, what did you- what, what are you, insane?! Why don't we just fry them up now and serve them with chips? Hey, Marty, calm down! Don't tell me to be calm, pony boy! Marlon, come on, honey. Well, no, Marlon is chasing this school bus. He is absolutely (laughs) going after Mr. Ray. And like Nemo kind of breaks away from the class with his little group of friends he's just made. The little octopus and the little obnoxious fish and the seahorse. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Tad, Pearl, and Sheldon. I'm obnoxious. (laughs) That's my favorite. That's Tad. That's Tad. (laughs) (laughs) And they see a small fishing boat out in the water. And Ross, what do they think a boat is called? They spot a butt. <laughs> I know what that is. Oh, oh, Sandy Plankin saw one. He called, he said it was called a, a butt. Oh, wow, that's a pretty big butt. <laughs> and as a seven-year-old, that just made my, <laughs> that just made me giggle until I couldn't giggle no more. And they start daring each other to see how far they can get out into open water. And, like, this is where Marlon shows up. He didn't even go out. All three of those kids went out farther than the other. And Nemo was saying, no, my dad wouldn't like it. And Marlon just sees him there and immediately tears into him. Oh, he embarrasses him. You know you can't swim well. I can swim fine, Dad, okay? No, it's not okay. You shouldn't be anywhere near here. Okay, I was right. You know what? We'll start school in a year or two. No, Dad! Just because you're scared of the ocean... Clearly you're not ready and you're not coming back until you are. You think you can do these things, but you just can't, Nemo! I hate you. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah, that's... that's Heavy. Oh, shit. (laughs) And, like, Marlon's just, like, saying to Mr. Ray, look, I think he might not be ready for school. He's too small. He's gonna get hurt out here. And, like, (laughs) Nemo determined to prove how big his balls are, just starts swimming out towards the boat. He's He's going to touch the butt. Yes, he is. (laughs) And like Marlon is doing that thing where he's like, I'm going to count to 10. And then they take forever to count to 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like he touches the bottom of the boat. Don't you dare. If you put one fin on that boat, are you listening to me? Don't touch the boat. Nemo. 
and he's swimming back, huffing and puffing, ready to take his punishment. But then, oh, there's a human being! A scuba diver appears behind Nemo and slips him into a plastic baggie and takes him up onto the boat! You are in big trouble, young man! Do you hear me? And another scuba diver takes a picture of Marlin and it blinds him. Oh no. So he can't see to get to him. And just like that, Nemo's gone. Marlin chases after that boat for as long as he can before it gets away from him. He's like, the way he's like, oh no, it's gone. No, you can't tell me it's gone. The, like The sheer panic. This is This must be what every parent feels when you can't find your child in Walmart. Like when they've wandered away from, like they're in the next aisle. Yeah. They're fine, but you can't see them. Exactly. And you're petrified. Yeah. And like Marlin's wigging out, asking all the other fish which way the boat went. And this is where he literally runs into Dory, a royal blue tang fish. He goes screaming for help, but crashes into Ellen DeGeneres instead. <laughs> Not ideal. <laughs> Please! Look out! Look out! Oh, oh, sorry! I didn't see you, oh. sir. Are you, are you okay? He's gone. There, there. No, he's gone. It's all right. He's gone. It'll be okay. No, no, they took him away. I, I have to find the boat. A boat? Hey, I've seen a boat. You have? And, like, she tells him she knows where the boat went. So he takes off after her, determined to figure out where this boat is going. And she's leading him along, but, like, pretty soon after he starts following her, <laughs> she's, like, trying to give him the slip. Like, she keeps looking back at him, like, oh. <laughs> It's because she's forgotten what she was doing. Dory suffers from short-term memory loss. Short-term memory loss. I don't believe this. No, it's true. I forget things almost instantly. It runs in my family. Well, I mean, at least I think it does. Um, hmm. Where are they? If you've seen Finding Dory, that moment hits different. <laughs> but then... Can I help you? Something's wrong with you. Really. You're wasting my time. I have to find my son. <gasps> Hello? Swims off camera right into the sight of a great white shark. Yeah, this is where we meet Bruce, the great white shark. This is Dame Edna. <laughs> this is Barry Humphreys. I just, I am <laughs> pleased as pie that you colored that in for me. Well, here's the thing. Barry Humphreys is an Australian staple. Yeah. You know what I mean? And He's I just, a household name. My dumb American brain just had no idea who he was. And I think this is just a call out, uh -huh, you know, yeah. for the, you know, whenever the credits roll, the Australia unit, uh -huh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> he snatches them up, and we think that he's taking them somewhere to eat them, right? Well, what he's actually doing is taking them to an old sunken World War II submarine in a minefield. Yeah, guys, I, before this movie, I didn't even know naval mines were a thing. Yeah. I didn't know you could put mines up underwater. You can, with a lot of hard work and determination. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he describes that, like, Dory thinks they're party balloons. It's like, oh, look, balloons! It is a party! <laughs> These gigantic black spiked mines. <laughs> you wouldn't want one of them to pop. <laughs> and so he's got... What is this? <laughs> These sharks are unhinged. He's got buddies waiting for him. Chum 
and anchor. Yes. We got company. Well, it's about time, mate. We've already gone for the snacks and I'm still starving. We almost had that feeding frenzy. <laughs> Come on, let's get this over with. Right then, the meeting has officially come to order. We're at an AA meeting for fish eaters. I wrote Carnage AA? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this, like, <laughs> these sharks, even though it is in their instinct to hunt and kill other small fish, they're trying to fight that. You know, I honestly respect it. <laughs> I do. But what the absolute hell? <laughs> fish are friends, friends, not food. <laughs> They have their pledge. We are at uh, step five of this 12-step program. <laughs> where they have to bring a fish friend to the meeting. And Marlon and Dory just happen to be Bruce's fish friends. I have it all capital letters. Anchor ate his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the bones of his victim are in his teeth. How about you, chum? Oh, well, I um, seem to have misplaced my uh, friend. And so they force Marlin to get up in front of everybody and, quote, testify. That's what you do yes. at, you know, 12-step meetings. And I I can't play this audio of him trying to tell this joke again. Yeah, no, please don't. Is this about the mollusk? Yes. Absolutely not. <laughs> the point is, is that while he's in the middle of telling this joke, he notices this diver's face mask hanging off the reef. It was one of the divers that took Nemo. And there's writing on the headband of it, but Marlon can't read it. And so- Because he's a fish. Yeah, he's a fish. You'd think. Like he and Dory are fighting over the mask because she insists that she can read. Yes. And he accidentally hits her in the head with it and it makes her nose bleed. And that blood runs up into Bruce's nostrils. And his eyes go black. Oh, he's triggered. You want bleeding? Oh. Dory, are you okay? Oh. Oh, that's good. Intervention! Just a boy! Are you all together, mate? Ah, 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 ah. And like Anchor and Chum look at each other and they go, Intervention! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Like, sub and, again, substance abuse isn't funny, but <laughs> the way they're just like, intervention! And then this whole thing with them trying to get away, because he's trying to eat them, and Dory insisting to Marlin that she can read English. <laughs> <laughs> they're going all through this sunken sub, trying to get away from Bruce. And, like, they're carrying the face mask with them. And Dory sees this escape hatch. Yeah, because they get locked in that room. And Bruce is banging on the door, <laughs> trying to get through. And they do, they can't find a way out. <laughs> Dory. Who is it? Dory, help me find a way out. Sorry, you'll have to come back later. We're trying to escape. Okay, there's a way out. There's got to be a way out. Look, here's something. Escape. I wonder what that means. It's funny. It's spelled just like the word escape. Let's go. Ah! Is Brucey! So Dory can just read? Yeah, no. Well, why can she read English? You know, she spent a lot of time in that facility in finding Dory and reading signs and things like that. So maybe that's it. But it's it's patently absurd, even for a Pixar film. They they take refuge in the torpedo cannon. <laughs> they don't know that, but we do. <laughs> And Bruce is sticking his snout in there, trying to get at him. And then the mask is in Bruce's mouth. And Marlon's like, I need to get that mask. It has the writing on it. And she goes, you want that mask? Okay. And holds down. 
holds down the stop that's keeping the torpedo from coming out, and they slide into Bruce's mouth, get the mask, go back into the torpedo hole. Bruce flips that torpedo out of his mouth, and it goes drifting down towards an old naval mine. <laughs> Guess what? Oh no, Bruce. Water. <gasps> swim away! Swim away! Ah, is the party over? <laughs> when that mine, when that, when that torpedo hits that mine, it just goes ding! <laughs> I fucking love it. I lose it every time. So now we cut and we get to see what happened to Nemo, right? Yes. So Nemo... Terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. (laughs) So Nemo was picked up by a scuba diver who was also a dentist, Dr. Sherman, DDS. P. Sherman, 42 All U.S. Sydney. Yeah. Do you think it's Phil? Pete? What do you think it is? I think it's Pete. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, Peter Sherman. He seems like a Pete to me. Yeah. And he's captured Nemo uh, for purposes of keeping him in this kind of awesome fish tank that he has in his office. Hello, little fella. (laughs) Beauty, isn't he? I found that guy struggling for life out in the reef, and I saved him. So, that Novocaine kicked in yet? Guys, as someone who's worked for a dentist, they're weird. (laughs) They're specific, and they're weird. Yeah, you've brought this up many times. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I get it, Pete. So now he's all alone in this big, strange tank. He has no idea where he is. And this is where we meet the tank gang. (laughs) The tank gang. We have Bubbles, the yellow tang. (laughs) He's called Bubbles because he's obsessed with bubbles. That little chest that opens up and releases bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) Bubbles! My bubbles. He likes bubbles. (laughs) And then we have Ross's favorite character. Peach the starfish. He likes bubbles. He likes bubbles. <laughs> I love it. It's Allison Janney, starfish. <laughs> and like, you know, Peach, Peach spends most of her existence stuck to the wall. Yeah, stuck to the wall of the tank. Stuck to the glass. And anytime she wants to say something, she has to like let go of the wall for a second. She's like the watchman. <laughs> She's the guard. Yeah. <laughs> She's the all-seeing eye. Then we have Jacques the uh cleaning shrimp when he gets backed into that thing and when he gets backed into that little you know uh diver's helmet and all the fish are clambering up around the surface jock's eyes come down next to him Bonjour. we also have gurgle uh the purple gamma he's an obsessive compulsive sort i will if i were i would not room anywhere close to gurgle <laughs> Gurgle's kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's always worried about the germs. I'll be roommates with, like, Peach or what's the big guy's name? Bloat. Bloat. Yeah, I'll be roommates with Bloat or Peach, but not Gurgle. Bloat is the porcupine fish. I always thought he was just a blowfish, but apparently it is more specific than that. Then we have Deb. Uh, she is a striped damselfish who believes she has a twin sister named Flo. She doesn't. It's just her reflection. <laughs> She's unwell as well. <laughs> no, I think I think one of them says this later in the movie, but one of them says, fish weren't made to live in a box, kid. It does things to you. Kid, if there's anything you need, just ask your Auntie Deb. That's me. Or if I'm not around, you can always talk to my sister, Flo. Hi, how are you? Don't listen to anything my sister says. She's nuts. <laughs> we also have to talk about Nigel the pelican. 
like th- th- he's a pelican, right? Like, yes. He's supposed to live outside, but like for, <laughs> for some reason, he just occasionally visits this window in this dentist's office. Yeah. Like he's just casually friends with this tank full of fish because he likes to observe dental procedures. He sounds like a creep to me. <laughs> In very Jeffrey Rush form. Hey, Nigel. What did I miss? Am I late? Root canal, and it's a doozy. Root canal, huh? What did he use to open? Gator Glendrill. He's been favoring that one. Hope he doesn't get surplus zero at the secondary portal terminus. And the reason that <laughs> Dr. Sherman has just plucked Nemo out of the reef and completely shocked his world is to give him as a birthday present to his niece, Darla, the infamous Darla. Darla is the Antichrist of uh, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. <laughs> She's probably like, what, all of five or six years old? She's a rambunctious kid. She's too rough with things. She's very rough with things. She pets the bunny too hard. Oh, it's not good. Um, There's a photograph of her holding her fish that she got last year. Oh, Darla. What? What's wrong with her? She wouldn't stop shaking the bag. Poor Jekylls. He was her present last year. Hitched a ride on the Porcelain Express. She's a fish killer. The fish is dead. It's dead in the picture. It's belly up. Belly up. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, God. Nemo panics. He's like, no, I can't go with her. I have to get back to my dad. All the while getting himself stuck in the filtration system. And this is where we meet Gil. Nobody touch him. Can you help me? No. You get yourself in there, you can get yourself out. Uh, Gil. I just want to see him do it, okay? <laughs> Calm down. Now, alternate wiggling your fins and your tail. I can't. I have a bad fin. Never stop me. Yeah, he's the one. He's the fish in this tank with a past. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's got these scars up and down his side. He also, too, has a very secret, deep down, suppressed desire to return to the sea. He's also from the ocean. Like, he and Nemo are the only two fish in this tank that actually came from the ocean. He gets him. Yeah, and, like, he's also got, like, a shredded fin. Uh Uh-huh. Do you want to talk about Nemo's induction into the tank gang? Okay, so, yeah, after (laughs) after he's been there a minute, right, he is summoned... (laughs) To by is it by Jacques? <laughs> yeah, Jacques throwing pebbles in his little sleeping space. Swithemoi, <laughs> follow me. It's like D'Artagnan. <laughs> <laughs> it's night. The lights are off in the office, <laughs> but this bright red light is glowing from this little plastic light up volcano in there. And it's got like a valve on the side of it that when you turn it, it shoots air out of it. (laughs) All the bubbles, all the lit up (laughs) bubbles like it's lava. And this is where we begin to hear it. What is happening? (laughs) What is happening? It's like we're in Kong. <laughs> oh my god, like we're taking Faye Ray to be sacrificed to King Kong. Yeah. And like, this is where uh, Bloat issues Nemo a test. He will be inducted into their bond of tankhood. Yes. Like the fraternal bonds of tankhood. If he can swim through this jet of air that's coming out of the volcano. But what do they call it? The Ring of Fire! 
<laughs> that expounds from the mouth of Mount Wanahakalugi. <laughs> huh? We want you in our club, kid. <laughs> oh my god. And so, guys, I won't belabor the point. He just has to swim through some hot bubbles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. And he's fine. Yeah, he does it very easily. And here's the thing. I think that this was less about him being inducted into their little group and more about Gil seeing how he can handle himself under pressure. That's weird. I think That's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. I know, but like... It's because he's planning a bust, right? Yeah. He wants to see if he's down. <laughs> okay. And so this is where Gil explains his latest plan to escape. He is just living the Steve McQueen life in this tank where he's just trying to escape every week. And it's like Ginger in Chicken Run, where she's just got the half smart. <laughs> yeah! This is what it's like! All the, oh, shit! <laughs> all the failed escape attempts. And so his latest plan is to jam the filtration system somehow. Yes. So that the filter will stop working, and the dentist will be forced to take the fish out of the tank, put them in individual baggies, and put them on the counter. And then Gil thinks that they're going to roll themselves out the window across the busy Sydney street <laughs> and into the harbor and get back to the ocean. Like, that's his plan. Wallaby Way's pretty busy. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if you're getting through, Gil. But we'll come back to that. Meanwhile, Dory and Marlin have dropped the face mask into an underwater trench. Of course they have. And this is where, again, Marlin starts to panic. Of course. And everything that has gone wrong can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Dory comes through with, I think, her most famous bit. Hey, Mr. Grumpy Gills. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? I don't wanna know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Dory, no singing. Dory. I love to swim in Dory. And like she's taking him by the fin. I love to swim. And she's being annoying. And she's leading him down into the dark. And like we're fumbling around in the dark for this face mask. And spoiler alert, there's a predator down here. Yes. They see this floating speck of light. And I don't, I don't know how much y'all know about underwater trenches. Uh, apparently, we know way more about what happens in space than we do about what happens at the bottom of the ocean. Whatever this thing is that they encounter, I'm sorry, I don't know the scientific name right now. I don't care. I know what it is. What is it? I need y'all right now to go to Google and Google anglerfish. Because I've seen one of these things out of water. <laughs> and it's not pleasant then, and it can't be any more pleasant under the sea. Under the sea. I can't see! I don't know where I'm going! So the anglerfish is chasing Marlin around while Dory attempts to read the address that's printed on the face mask. I bet you know what the address is by heart, don't you, bud? P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. <laughs> They have to leave the mask in the trench. Yeah, there's no way they're getting it out from under that rock. And so they leave it down there. But what's significant about this is that Dory manages to remember the address. <laughs> P. Sherman, 42 Olive Way, Sydney. She's she, so pleased with herself. Because she never remembers anything. she got that short-term memory loss. Uh-huh. So what did it say? What did the mask say? P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. <gasps> 
what it said. I usually forget things, but I remembered it that time. P. Sherman. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Now, where is that? I don't know. But who cares? Ha ha! And then we get this scene where John Ratzenberger finally makes his cameo. Yeah. As the voice of the school of fish. <laughs> yeah. And Marlin's trying to ask for directions. And they won't give him directions because they're doing like shape impressions for Dory. They're being assholes. <laughs> Well, he's kind of being whiny too, but like... Yeah, Marlon is pissed because no one will help him find his son. And Dory, Dory is the realist. She goes, Well, I'm helping you. Wait right here. Hey, guys! What, is he bothering you again? No, no, he's a good guy. Go easy on him. He's lost his son, Fabio. Any of you heard of P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney? Sydney? Oh, sure. <laughs> Ted here's got relatives in Sydney, don't you, Ted? Sure do. And the school tells her that in order to get to Sydney, they have to catch what is called the East Australian Current. Whoa, dude! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. Yes. In 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 the underwater world, think of the East Australian Current as like the sickest riptide you've ever seen in your life. Four oh five on a Saturday night. <laughs> Yeah, that too. No, sorry. And like Marlon's like, great, thanks, bye. Yeah. Well, listen, fellas, thank you. Don't mention it. Just uh, loosen up, okay, buddy? Oh, you guys, you really nailed him. Bye. Oh, hey, Mip, one more thing. Yes. When you come to this trench, swim through it, not over it. Trench, through it, not over it. I'll remember. And Dory's like, okay, great, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and she swims away, and they come up to that trench. And Marlon's like, we are not swimming through here. Yeah, it does look hella ominous in there. I wouldn't <laughs> want to go in there either. But it's imperative that they go through and not over. But Marlon, because Marlon knows best, right? Uh-huh. Marlon's going over. Why shouldn't they swim over it, buddy? Because there is a gigantic field of jellyfish. The Nidaria hysteria that this evokes in me. Nidaria is the, is the think, the... Yeah, it's the phylum that this species is, Nidaria. Ooh. They're organisms that can be translucent and have like only one body chamber that everything flows in and out of. That's so weird. That's why they move the way they do. It's because they're breathing. Oh my God. Yeah, because they're taking in water in and out. And so now they're basically in another minefield, right? Yeah, because they can't get stung. Like, they'll get poisoned. They're so little. I know. You know? That's the thing. I think They die. I think that people forget that jellyfish carry poison in those tentacles. And it hurts. Uh-huh. It's bad. And so <laughs> Dory figures out that you can bounce on the top of these jellyfish and not get stung. It's like a game to her. Boing. Boing. Stop, don't sting you, that's it! Two in a row, beat that! Dory, all right, listen to me. I, I have an idea. Uh -huh. a, game. a game. A game. A game? Yes. Oh, I love games. Pick me. All right, here's the game. Oh. Um, Whoever can hop the fastest out of these jellyfish wins. Okay. Rules, okay. rules, rules. Okay. You can't touch the tentacles. Uh, only the tops. Something about tentacles. Got it. On your mark, get set. No, 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 wait, wait. They're trying to make a race out of it, and Marlon's just muttering nervously to himself, we're cheating death. We're cheating death and having fun at the same time. <laughs> Poor Marlon. <laughs> he accidentally leaves Dory behind in the jellyfish. Yeah, gets a little too into it. Yeah, and he has to go back in and get her. And she's been stung too many times. Like, she's succumbing to the poison. Not so squishy anymore, are they? And so he picks her up and tries his best to get out of the jellyfish, Marlon's got a higher tolerance to the stings. because it's he's funnier. No. No. 
Okay. It's because he lives in the anemone, ah. which stings him constantly. Gotcha. Stay awake! Stay awake! Stay awake! Stay awake! And so he gets her out of there, but they've both been stung too much. And they both fall unconscious. Now we're back in the dentist's office, and Gil is explaining to Nemo how his fin got messed up. Yeah. It was his first escape attempt. He, I don't know how he got out of the tank, but he launches himself out of the tank and he landed on a tray of dental tools. Uh-huh. And he was aiming for the toilet, he yeah. says. All drains lead to the ocean, kid. Wow. How many times have you tried to get out? Ah, I've lost count. Fish aren't meant to be in a box, kid. It does things to you. <laughs> So they try to execute this plan of getting him to stop the filter. The way this works is he has to jump into the filtration system. They toss a pebble in there after him from the bottom of the tank. Uh And he wedges it in the fan that powers the filtration system. And then he's just meant to swim past the fan and up and out the tube. Well, Uh, yeah, it doesn't quite work out that way. No, it doesn't. He gets the fan stopped. And attempts to wiggle out through the tube and... The pressure of him wiggling out of that tube with nothing coming back towards it is making the fan try to go. And it's wiggling the rock. And it wiggles the rock out of place. Go! Yeah! Yeah! Oh my gosh. Get him out of there! Get him out of there! Help him! What do we do? What do we do? Oh no! Stay calm, kid! Just don't panic! Nemo's being sucked back into the fan. Yeah, it's 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 really terrifying there for a second. So they have to tear off a piece of their habitat, I don't know. I like, literally wrote a reed. And stick it up in there so he can grab onto it with his mouth and they pull him out. Yeah, before he can get filleted. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> Poor Peach. Gil, don't make him go back in there. No. We're done. Meanwhile, back in the ocean, Marlin is waking up on the back of a sea turtle named Crush, who saved him and Dory after the jellyfish attack. Remember what Nemo told Marlin in the beginning on the way to school? That like sea turtles- That he's got a friend who met a sea turtle and they can be over a hundred years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And like Crush is your basic surfer stereotype. Only instead of waves, he surfs currents. Like I love it. I know. I love it. They are already traveling on the East Australian current. Crush is in my blunt rotation. One hundred percent. You're kidding oh my me, God. right? What happened? Oh, I saw the whole thing, dude. First you were all like, whoa, and then we were all like, whoa, and then you were like, whoa. What are you talking about? You, mini-man, taking on the jellies. And Dory is also with him. She's playing hide-and-seek with the little kiddo sea turtles. Yeah, she's fine. Everybody's okay. She does have a big sting gash on her side now from where the jellyfish got her. Battle scars. Yeah. (laughs) But she's otherwise fine. She's probably forgotten the whole thing happened already. She probably has no idea it happened. (laughs) And I think this is the first time since they've been out in the ocean together that Marlin almost feels like there's no danger. Yeah, because they're fine. They're just, it's like being in a car on the highway. (laughs) You know, just barreling down the interstate. And there's this significant moment 
where Squirt, the, the little boy. Not Squirt. His little son, Squirt. Yeah. I love Squirt. <laughs> he falls outside the current, like, on his own. And Marlin falls like, not another child! <laughs> <gasps> oh, my goodness. Whoa, kill the motor, dude. Let us see what Squirt does flying solo. Give me some fin. Noggin. Dude. Crush was like, hold on, overbearing dad. <laughs> Let this kid show you his real strength. He's you know? like, dad, did you see what I did? Did you see me? He's so excited. And I just, I think that's a very significant moment because Crush let him figure it out on his own. Uh-huh. And he was able to learn something from that. And that's very empowering when you're a kid. This is also where the legend of Marlin the Clownfish begins, right? Oh, yeah. Isn't this fun? Yeah, because all the little sea turtles want to hear about their adventures so far. Uh-huh. And about why they're out here. And Marlin is telling them... You know, his son went missing, and they're trying to find him. And slowly but surely, we get to see this narrative continuing to be told from, like, person to person throughout the sea. It's like a game of underwater telephone. Yeah, and, like, Marlon and Dory are becoming these sea legends <laughs> just by word of mouth. It, it makes me really weepy, because, like, it's traveling. And, like, the news makes it to the pelican population off the coast of Sydney, so naturally it makes its way back to Nigel. Oh, yeah, that creep Nigel. <laughs> Nigel alone. Who likes being friends with fish and watching people get operated on. <laughs> Nigel hears that Marlin is searching for his son Nemo. He's already met Nemo. Uh-huh. He knows who Nemo is. And so he rushes back to the tank. Oh, I forgot how important this creep would be. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you feel kind of bad now, don't you? No. No. <laughs> it's Jeffrey Rush. Okay. <laughs> and so he rushes back to the tank to tell Nemo the good news. Because Nemo, Nemo doesn't think anybody's looking for him. No, Nemo thinks he's shark bait now. Yeah. And he lives in the tank at 42 Albyway, Sydney, and this is his new life, and he's never going to get to see Dad again. Because Dad's too scared to come look for him, or right? Or just couldn't be able to find him, you I know? know he God. got taken so far away. And Nigel is telling him, listen, your dad's coming for you, kid. My dad? Oh. Like, I know how how happy he is. What was his name? Uh, some sort of sport fish or something. Tuna? Uh, trout? Marlin? That's it. Marlin, the little clownfish from the reef. It's my dad. He took on a shark. I heard he took on three. Three? Three? Three sharks? There's got to be 4,800 teeth. You see, kid, after you were taken by Diver Dan over there, your dad followed the boat you were on like a maniac. Really? And it's just, oh, it's so nice to see him get so excited. He knows he's looking for him. Oh, He knows God. he's looking for him, and he's done immensely brave things to get to him. That's the love of a parent, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Our mom and dad would come and, you know, battle sharks and a bunch of other dangerous shit to find us. our mother and father sitting on the side of the road in the desert somewhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can we please not argue about this anymore? <laughs> We gotta find the kids! We gotta find the kids, damn it! Where are we in this scenario? I don't know. Have where we been... are we? I'm sorry. I didn't a lot. I didn't consider where we'd be. Hearing this news, Nemo is now determined not to go home with Darla when she comes to visit. Within a matter of seconds, 
Nemo manages. <laughs> he's got hope now. Yeah, he's got hope. <laughs> Hope's a powerful thing. Yeah. And within seconds, he manages to break this filtration system. Indeed. Like before they even have time to worry about him, he's already in and out. So now all they have to do is wait for the tank to get filthy. Mm. It will happen. <laughs> Which, uh, guys. Fairly quickly, too. If you've never kept pet fish. Okay. Do not come for me right now. <laughs> I'm not... I know I tortured that poor animal. <laughs> I actually wasn't going to read you to film okay. over how filthy you kept that fishbowl. <laughs> but that kind of filthy. You abused that poor animal. It was eating its poops. Oh, like, gross. I'm sorry, Frankie. That <laughs> <laughs> thing lived for two years. <laughs> I, it actually lived for three. Oh, God. <laughs> I won it. I got. I won him in a school fair game. <laughs> Rest his breath. His wretched soul. <laughs> so Marlin and Dory leave the sea turtles on the current once they get to their exit. I'm using air quotes. Dude, this shit's insane. The most insane off ramp of all time. <laughs> this is like the exit at Shadeland <laughs> and 465. Because you never think you'll make it. It's so steep and so round. It's just righteous! Righteous! <laughs> That's how I feel trying to get off. 465 on that Shadeland exit. God. <laughs> and like when they get off the current, they're just in suddenly this very cloudy bank of water. Yeah. And they predictably get lost in this cloudy water because they have no sense of direction. Yes. And Dory suggests that they ask some other fish for direction. Sure. <laughs> There's this one fish that is like in the distance in shadow so she starts yelling <laughs> his son bingo nemo. nemo was taken to uh sydney. sydney yes and it's really really important that we get there as fast as we can so can you help us out come on little fella come on dory i'm a little fella i don't think that's a little fella sure enough it's a whale. Oh, big. Oh, but fear not. <laughs> because Dory can speak whale. In addition to being able to read and speak English as a blue tang from the Australian Pacific, she can also speak whale. I was getting ready to make a joke. Like, what kind of night school do you think that she learned that at? <laughs> she but went to a special center, you know? I know exactly where she learned how to speak whale. And that... Is it explained in the sequel that I can't remember? Yes, it is. <laughs> Dory. Dory, this is not whale. You're speaking like upset stomach. Maybe I should try humpback. No, don't try humpback. Whoa. All right. Whoa. You actually sound sick. Maybe louder, huh? Don't do that. Too much orca record any of this and not laugh the guttural noises she's <laughs> making make me bust <laughs> which is going lah, lah, lah. <laughs> Unhinged. Unhinged. <laughs> and like marlin is so distracted that neither one of them see the whale coming up behind them and they are just enveloped in this whale's mouth yeah do you know how many times i had to resist the urge to sing that gospel song from jonah not so fast 
your life ain't over yet. The VeggieTales movie where Alfred gets swallowed by the whale. And Jonah, a VeggieTales movie. Yeah, and the angels are singing to him in the belly of the whale. Our God is God of second chances. <laughs> but I digest. We need to do that. <laughs> it's a good movie. Marlin is wigging out. He's trying to find a way out of the whale's mouth. This is the hopeless part, guys. Yeah, this is the emotional bottom. I am also an emotional bottom. Anyway. Stop! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that happened. <laughs> Doing Finding Nemo? In front of my salad? <laughs> oh my, oh my god. god. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am also I am also an emotional bottom. I feel like I'm making a lot of jokes because this part is sad. But you know, Marlon is is just he's 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 hard on himself. I promised him I'd never let anything happen to him. Huh. That's a funny thing to promise. What? Well, you can't never let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. I can't tell if she's helping or not. (laughs) I think she's trying to. Yeah, I understand the sentiment behind it. The point is he needs to let him let things happen. You know what I mean? I mean, how else is your kid going to learn anything if you protect them from everything? (laughs) This has become about, you guessed it, the man's pain (laughs) and not about the child's development. All right. (laughs) And this is when the whale starts trying to communicate with them from like, the outside because remember he hasn't swallowed them you ever talk to anything that's sitting in your mouth <laughs> not lately trying no. to moan at something in your mouth and like they're like hanging on to the back of this whale's tongue yeah because it's like flipping it flipping them back you know you know it's trying it to decided make... to finally swallow uh-huh <laughs> and like the whale groans again and dory just lets go yeah and he like catches her He says it's time to let go. Everything's gonna be alright. How do you know? How do you know something bad isn't gonna happen? I don't! He takes a leap of faith and lets go. And listen, guys, I don't know how whales work. I don't know why whales have blowholes. Is that so they can breathe? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Right, so I <laughs> like their nose <laughs> a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not, but like you know what I mean. And so they think they're going to be swallowed, but the whale ends up spitting them out through the blowhole right into the Sydney Harbor. Look, Sydney, Sydney, uh, Sydney, yeah, Sydney again. You were right, Dory. We made it. We're gonna find my son. Like they are, a fucking men. They are right there. Like we can see the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Like the most iconic thing from the Sydney skyline. Exactly. Like we are here, baby. They made it. Can you believe it? I really can't. I really can't. After everything. Uh huh. The torpedoes. The sharks. <laughs> the East Australian current. The East Australian current. The jellyfish. The jellyfish. Like, You're right. A lot of shit has happened. <laughs> to them. A lot of things happened in this movie, and I don't remember <laughs> it being that way, but. <laughs> Flash back to the dentist's office, and... (laughs) Oh, no! I love this. Like, Peach is waking up on the morning that they're supposed to get the tank cleaned. Yes. It's morning, everyone! Today's the day! The sun is shining, the tank is clean, and we are getting out of... (gasps) The tank is clean. The tank is clean! 
boss must have installed it last night while we were sleeping. So their plan seems to have been foiled. There's a new filtration system in town. <laughs> Sorry. But it's like this fancy thing that scans the tank like every five minutes. Yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> NSA for our fish tank. <laughs> and like they can't break this filter. Like, their plan is out the window at present. Th this is bad, because today's the day that Darla is supposed to visit, and Nemo will ostensibly be dead. Yeah. She's gonna pet that bunny too hard, and he's gonna get hurt. The dentist reaches into the tank with a net to scoop Nemo out. Uh -huh. And the other fish, like, react really quickly. They all get in the net with him. And they start swimming downwards. Yeah. And they pull the net out of the dentist's hands. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so brilliant. I know I'm not a fish, but I don't know that I would have thought to do that. Exactly. But it's to no avail. Nemo gets scooped up in a baggie anyway. And then... Just calm down, Nemo. You won't go belly up. I promise you're gonna be okay. Darla's here, accompanied by the psycho violin vamp. So unsettling. She doesn't blink. Ah! <laughs> like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> it's really disconcerting. We cut to Dory and Marlin in the harbor, looking for the boat that took Nemo, right? Yes. And they get snapped up by a, a, a pelican we've never met. I think his name's Gerald. Yeah. Gerald strikes me as one of those people that something's always happening to Gerald. Like Eugene in Hey Arnold. Yeah. And Nigel sees Gerald struggling because Marlin is just refusing to be swallowed. Yeah, yeah. I did not come this far to be breakfast. <laughs> he's, he's getting irate. And I guess Nigel gives him like the pelican Heimlich or whatever. Yeah. And he barfs them up onto the dock. You know one thing we haven't talked about yet? Mm. The seagulls. Because, like, this is where they flopped onto the dock, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then, the, like, they just look up, and they're surrounded. There's hundreds of seagulls. And then the one that's standing very near and leans into frame and goes, Mine. Okay, don't make any sudden moves. Hop inside my mouth if you want to live. Hop in your mouth, huh? And how does that make me live? Mine? Because I can take you to your son. Yeah, right. Oh, I know your son. He's orange. He's got a gimpy fin on one side. That's me! Attack! <laughs> mine, 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 Oh my God, I can blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> and like, now Dory and Marlin are in <laughs> Nigel's mouth, and he is carrying them away from the harbor, flying away from the seagulls. And like, I think the way they end up shaking them is like, Nigel flies sideways through like a ship's mast. Yeah. And all the- <laughs> all, all the beaks flying through the- getting stuck in the sail. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> They're not bothered. <laughs> they just, they really, they got the munchies. <laughs> this is literally, this is literally any time at a party when someone brings one pizza. <laughs> mine. 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 <laughs> so Darla comes into the dentist's office. She's sitting down in Unk's chair. Uh -huh. She's gonna get worked on. She's got a lot of head metal. Uh-huh. Bless her soul. I don't like that for her. Mm, she probably bites a lot. Oh, yeah! She's no. a biter if there ever was one. <laughs> Look at her. You know that kid bites. I'm a piranha. They're in the Amazon. Yeah, that specifically. Yeah. 
And the dentist goes to get the baggie with Nemo in it. And Nemo is playing dead in the bag. Uh-huh. He's belly up. Must have left a present in the car, sweetie. <laughs> I'll go and get it. <gasps> He's still alive. He's not dead. What's happening? Why is he playing dead? He's gonna get flushed down that toilet. He's gonna get out of here. Yay! He's gonna get flushed. What a smart little guy. <gasps> oh, no, not the trash can. Nemo, no. And this is where Nigel shows up with Dory and Marlin in his mouth. Oh, and this is where Marlin sees Nemo supposedly dead. Yeah, he's just hanging there in the bag. And the look on Marlin's face. Nemo. Oh my goodness. Don't you? Ah, Nemo! Daddy? The dentist forces Nigel and Dory and Marlin back out the window. And, like, he's dropped Nemo on the dentist tray. And Darla picks him up and and starts shaking the bag. Oh, God. Fishy. Fishy, wake up. Wake up. Oh, no. Quick, to the top of Mount Wanahakaluki. Why are you sleeping? Hurry. Float. Gill out of the volcano, <laughs> like just with the with the pressure the of the water sheer force <laughs> of Mount Wanahakaluki. <laughs> he gets fired out of this volcano like a bullet, and he lands in her hair. He's basically sacrificing himself, isn't he? A little bit. Yeah. He, he doesn't know if he's gonna come back from this. And the bag, she drops the bag, and it bursts. Uh oh. And, like, they're both, him and Nemo, just laying on that tray, barely enough water to breathe. And I don't remember how this happens. Does he, like, catapult him? Yeah, Gil, like, flops himself so that Nemo will flip into the tiny sink. Into the spit sink. <laughs> yeah, the spit sink yeah. next to the dentist chair. Yeah. Gil. Shuckbait, tell your dad. I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, Gil's fine. The dentist picks him up, puts him back in the tank. Uh-huh. And he's like, it's good. All drains lead to the ocean. Nigel takes Dory and Marlin back to the ocean. And everything is very solemn because Marlin thinks his kid is dead. Yeah, everything's really over now. Oh, God. You know? You know, the voice acting here is very good. He's trying to break away from Dory. And she's getting upset because... He is her one and only friend in the world. She doesn't have anybody else, and she came all this way with him. No one's ever stuck with me for so long before. And if you leave, if you leave, I just, I remember things better with you. I do. Look, P. Sherman, 42, 42, I remember it. I do. It's there. I, I know it is, because when I look at you, I can feel it. And and I, I look at you, and I... I'm home. Oh, God. I know. They want us dead. <laughs> the Pixar writers? They want us They want us wet with tears and dead in the aisles. Like The Finding Dory backstory really makes that worse for me. You know what I mean? I'm glad I can't remember right now. <laughs> because she doesn't know where her family is. And we know how precious that chosen family can be, right? Indeed. Marlon won't hear it. He breaks away from Dory. And they're like outside this water treatment plant. Mm-hmm. This is where I have in all capital letters, 
Marlon and Nemo miss each other by seconds. Marlon swims past that water treatment pipe where seconds later, Nemo pops out. Yeah, because all drains lead to the ocean. And Nemo actually finds Dory first, Mm -hmm. swimming under that buoy. And like, she has no idea where she is or why she's there. She's already forgotten about Marlon. Her poor soul. I know. It's okay. It's okay. I'm looking for someone too. Hey, we can look together. I'm Dory. I'm Nemo. Nemo? That's a nice name. What the (laughs) fuck, Dory? It's not her fault. Leave her alone. Okay, whatever. And like, they swim past that water treatment pipe again. Uh-huh. And it says, Sydney Water Treatment on it. Yeah. And in that moment, Dory remembers everything. <laughs> it all comes rushing before her eyes. B. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. Everything we've been doing this whole time. And the way she just freaks out. So, so shy. Sydney. <gasps> P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. Dead. I saw you, and then I, here you are. I found you. You're not dead, and your father, your father. And so they book it after Marlon, and when they catch up to him, oh god, that's one of the best moments in the whole movie. Uh huh. Because Marlon tackles Nemo. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh god, I never thought I was gonna see you again. Don't you ever fucking run away ever again. Reunion. Oh, it's beautiful. But uh oh, here comes a fishing net. Who needs that much fish? <laughs> I know we do, but like, do we need it? You know? <laughs> Can we just live off the land? <laughs> Can we just let people people? <laughs> Not fish. Not fish. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was literally gonna say, can't we just let people be? These what? people being fish. What is it that Ron Swanson says? Fish meat is practically a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> so just leave those alone. <laughs> Dory gets caught up in the net. Of and, course. I know. And like Marlin and Nemo are still outside of it. No, 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 no! Dory! Dad, I know what to do! Nemo! No! We have to tell all the fish to swim down together! Get out of there now! You're right. I know you can. Nemo gets a great idea. Remember when the fish helped him get out of the dentist's net? Yeah, he tells everybody to swim down. Because if they all do it together, instead of fucking freaking out, yeah. if they all do it together, they might be able to get out of this. And I love it. He turns to the rest of the fish and he's like, well, you heard my son. Swim down. <laughs> this has big raising the bird energy for me. Oh, like in- Like back in Bugs Life. gonna die otherwise <laughs> yeah so they're all gonna suffocate to death oh that's so terrifying yeah. to think about and i cannot believe this works i know like i know after everything this fish 
fishing net is on a rig that's being retracted back up into the boat, and they break that motherfucker. There's too many Da Vinci Code escapes in this, <laughs> where it's just so bleak, not gonna happen, and then it happens. Like they should have died, <laughs> yeah. but they got out of there somehow. I know what you mean. <laughs> An escape that's too easy is an escape. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> escape. How do they do this? And the first thing Nemo says to Marlin when they get out of the net. Oh my God. He goes. Daddy. Oh, thank goodness. Dad. I don't hate you. Oh, no, no, no. I'm so sorry, Nemo. You know, people say things when they're upset. And he got to take it back, and I'm so glad. You don't always get to take it back. Exactly. Sometimes you suffocate to death on the deck of a ship. Oh <laughs> no! Sorry. <laughs> so from here on out, Marlin lightens up big time. Thank God. I know. Now Marlin is the one dragging Nemo out of bed to go to school. He's excited for Nemo to get out and experience the world. He's not telling him to be afraid of things Uh anymore. And Dory's kind of like the ant whose hand you have to hold in public now. (laughs) You know? Yeah, she's part of their little family. (laughs) And she doesn't have to be alone anymore. Yeah. And before he leaves for school, Nemo hugs him goodbye and says, I love you, Dad. Dad, you can let go now. Sorry. Now go have an adventure. Goodbye. See you later, dudes. Bye, Elmo. Nemo. Nemo. Bye, Nemo. See you at the school, Dory. Bye, Dad. Bye, son. Oh, my God. I love it. You know what, though? What? I'm kind of glad that we don't go out all sappy, because what's the last thing that happens before the credits roll? Oh my god, listen, this makes me kind of upset. (laughs) I think it's funny. We see that everyone from the tank gang at P. Sherman 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney, has made it out in their little baggies. Remember what Gil said that they were going to do was roll their individual baggies across the busy street and and into the the harbor? The last one of them finally does, and they all cheer and they go, yay! And they're all just floating in these plastic bags, and you hear Bloat go, well, now what? <laughs> it's giving it's giving penguins arriving in Antarctica and Madagascar. <laughs> well, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love Peach, too, because I think Peach is the last one to fall in the water. Yeah. And like right before she does, she literally calls out some traffic. She goes, that's the shortest red light I've ever seen. <laughs> You're so right. You're so, you're you're so right. <laughs> this movie taught me that you can't be afraid of what might happen because that stops you from living. How many times have you looked me in the face and gone, "Stop getting shitty at me for things that I haven't done yet." <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> you're mad at me about something that might happen? Yeah. I've done plenty of shit to be mad about. Yeah. Why does it have to be something hypothetical? <laughs> Exactly. You can't you can't live your whole life in fear, and that is what this film is trying to tell us. Yeah, you gotta get out of the anemone once in a while. You know what the only thing stronger than fear is? What? Hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's so And not that Obama Biden hopey changey feely hope. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Real hope. Like confidence in people. Or fish. Or fish. <laughs> 
like you have to go out and have your own adventures and make your own mistakes and like and who gives a fuck about your limitations yeah if you set your mind to it you'll do it absolutely i think that was a very important lesson to learn as a little seven-year-old or as a you know little 11 year old that you were you know? i was not a little 11 year old but i appreciate it uh, were you a big awkward 11 year old i was <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just you know life like the ocean is gonna have its ups and downs and there are gonna be times <laughs> don't laugh at me life like the ocean is gonna <laughs> The way I looked at you to the side of the mic. <laughs> Let me make my overly sappy point here, okay? I'm being quiet. <laughs> Life has ups and downs, and all you have to do is just keep swimming. <laughs> because listen, you're right. You're right. <laughs> if there's any one of you out there listening who has had to actually deal with a, you know uncomfortable separation from someone like that where you just feel like you're never gonna get back to them I, I know that the hopelessness really bogs you down but like this situation's different i don't want to say if you work hard enough you'll get there because mm -hmm. like who knows but it's the trying that's the important part by garnering dory along the way and then inspiring other members of their wacky lovely reef community to you know go their own way i think that it all comes together quite nicely in the end. Oh, it's so syrupy. I love it. He, all, he gets his son back. He gets a new friend. And he's a sea legend. <laughs> Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. like <laughs> It worked out nicely in the end. <laughs> I liked it. Pixar movie to cover this month. Darn, that's the end. I know that there's two more Mondays in November, but we're gonna give ourselves a break right there before the holidays come. We are gonna eat. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna eat a lot, and we're gonna sleep, <laughs> and we're not going Black Friday shopping. Absolutely not. <laughs> and you know, I am glad that as we approach this uh, family time, everybody's gonna be getting together for the worst holiday in American existence, and we're. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I think there's some Brooklyn Nine-Nine quote about it where it's like, the pilgrims were murderers and turkey tastes like napkins. <laughs> it does. It tastes like paper. But as we're gathering together to eat the napkin meat, <laughs> I think it's appropriate that we'll be covering one of the uh, best <laughs> Pixar films about family that's out there. <sighs> I know. Sorry, you I really got me with the napkin thing. Folks, next week. We will be covering the 2004 Pixar animated feature, The Incredibles. I am so psyched to talk about this movie. <sighs> you know what I love about it? What? So are Deco. Oh, God. No, absolutely not. We'll be talking about all the Art Deco. <laughs> okay, I love it. but no Lana references. Okay, gotcha. 
So look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. What are they, Ross? Rate, review, and retweet. Rate, review, and retweet, folks. Please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, let us know how you're enjoying the show, and please, as you gather around your tables for the napkin meat, please be recommending us to your friends and family. I'm going to call it napkin meat for the rest of this month just to make you giggle. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry mom. mom.